What's going on, guys? Last week of no football here in Oklahoma, coaches work week this week, uh, getting back into it a little bit, starting preparing for the teams that we may or may not see this year. Uh, if you guys need anything from us, it's a good week to hit us up. Me and Coach Walls, Coach Walls actually in Iowa, they're starting, I think, some of their non-contact practices starting this week. So uh, about to get really into it. If you guys need anything from us, uh, shoot us an email over at runthepower.coach at runthepower.com. Uh, connect with us through runthepower.com. Uh, we've got videos. We've got our podcasts. We've got um, episodes from coaches from across the world, uh, all on our website. You can also find us over on YouTube at youtube.com slash runthepower. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Guardian Caps. Do you have linemen? Are their helmets getting scuffed up during inside run period? If so, there's a way to protect those shells and reduce the repetitive blows your guys are taking during the week. Guardian Caps reduces 20 to 33% of the impact, really focusing on those big guys in the trenches, like we coach. Worn by Clemson, Texas, Oklahoma, Washington, Virginia, 150 other colleges, and over 1,500 high schools across the country, including mine at Broken Arrow and Coach Walls in Ankeny. They are currently running an early bird promo. It's an unbelievable uh, price for them right now. 40 caps for $2,000 uh, with 10 of them for free, plus 10 free. So you get 10 free ones as well. Check them out in our, free show, uh, in our show notes or go to guardiansports.com slash football. On this episode of RTP, we talk with John Canova. Coach Canova is the assistant offensive line coach at Texas Tech University. Listen as we talk with Coach about his unique journey from Chicago to Utah State and then Texas Tech. We also discuss offensive line recruiting, strength and development, and skill development. You can follow Coach Canova on Twitter at CoachCanova63. Hope you guys enjoy. Grew up outside Chicago, suburbs of Chicago, played football at North Central College, Division Three school in Naperville, Illinois. Had an unbelievable experience. We had a lot of success. I had some phenomenal coaches that kind of steered me to what I wanted to do. I always, I always thought I was going to work in, work as a high school math teacher and coach football. And I just, I just was able to fall in love with the college game, and it worked out that I was able to find an opportunity right after I graduated. And, you know, I worked right after college. I actually hooked on. I hooked on at St. Ambrose University in Davenport, Iowa, as a graduate assistant. And part of the profession is being in the right place at the right time. And I was fortunate, and I got bumped up after my first fall there. And I was running my own room, 23 years old, and I had not a clue what to do other than experiences I had. So it was a a great on-the-job learning experience for me to understand players and understand how to work with them, but also understand also learn how to both game plan and work in that's that environment. And then after, after a few years in, in Iowa at St. Ambrose, I, I got a call from a good friend of mine who was leaving being the O-line GA out at Utah state and was able to hook me up with Steve Farmer, the office line coach out there. And it worked out that we got on the phone, liked each other. And it just, it worked out that, I was able to get out there and work for him for the last several years and been working for Steve Farmer out at David Yost and Matt Wells out of Utah State. And after two years there, uh, Coach Wells asked me to come down to Tech with him when he got the job. And it's been a unbelievable experience working for unbelievable people. And 
it's it's really cool being a part of the same staff and really the same offensive staff for the last three years going on four just to uh, see where the progression of our offense is and and just the really the continuity of staff and how guys work together it's been a really cool experience for me as a young coach so coach 23 years old and and now you've got your own room which I I would assume comes with recruiting and and you know all of it how was that at such a young age I mean the same age as some of your kids it was a it was a challenge at first but it was something that I I had prepped for I I was really ready for the job when it was offered and kind of understand I I worked under the the offensive line coach in fall 2014 he actually moved to defense so he was kind of help he helped me along the way Nick Schroeder just to understand certain things to be prepared for when with the guys in the room and yeah we're at my own area it's kind of the one of the cool things about smaller college football NAI division three from the from the start you are recruiting you're on the road and you're you're really treated like a full-time coach early on. It's just without the title. <laughs> so I had a lot of good experiences going into it, but getting in front, I, I will never forget getting in front of the room and understanding and setting a tone and a culture for those guys from day one spring ball that, that spring. Coach, you know, kind of, you know, bumping ahead, you know, then you, you get the job at working for, for farm dog. And I mean, you know, a lot of guys know him. He's an Oklahoma dude. So he's, he's mm-hmm. been through, and, and recruited the schools a lot, you know, when he, when he was all the way back at, at ULM. So I got to meet him there. You know, um, the other thing I wanted to, to ask you about, and I know we've had a couple of guys that have, have played for, for Coach Wells and, and your guys' staff. I know a guy like, you know, Darwin Thompson, who just won a, a Super Bowl with the oh, yeah. Chiefs. And, you know, a, a freak in the weight room. But he, he'd always talk about all of the different things that, you know, you guys kind of went a little bit against the grain as far as, you know, how you guys would kind of train your kids, the, the strength and conditioning aspect. I mean, yeah, you're still going to get your work in, but I felt like you guys had maybe some different ideas for how you would train college athletes. And you saw a lot of guys really, really explode and, and you know, get big and fast. And, and, and I thought it was just really cool because in refreshing, it seems like in college, everything becomes kind of a copycat deal. You know, hey, what's Clemson doing? What's Alabama doing? We got to be doing the same thing you guys were maybe a little bit different. Did a lot of that kind of translate over to, you know, the offensive line and, and some of those things as well? Absolutely. Dave Scholes, our head strength coach, he's with us at Utah State, with us at Texas Tech, is extremely well-read. He, he spends a lot of time furthering his own education, and he, he thinks off the wall. He thinks different, and he wants to – he trains guys in a, from a functional perspective, and it, it really helped with – what we do on offense being a tempo team and translating the weight room strength to the field strength and whether it's it's and one of the things that he stresses is like strength in extreme ranges so as an offensive lineman guys get in positions that they don't wouldn't naturally be in so he had a great understanding of how do I train that in the weight room and it was it was cool to see a guy like Darwin who was he was a weight room junkie to get it when he got to Logan and got to Utah State, but boy, he took it to another level that fall. Then some of that, and you guys know, you get special guys that they have an instinctual trait that you just can't coach. And it was just cool to be around a guy like that and see it at a high level. Yeah, I thought you know the 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 stuff that they talked about, you know the the deceleration aspects, you know being able to kind of catch your body weight, 
you know, like you said, you know, the, the hip mobility, the, the get-ups and things like that, a lot of that stuff, you know, I, I was lucky enough to, you know, talk to a couple of the guys on the staff and they're, you know, more than willing to share, but you saw a lot of our younger players, you know, our freshmen and our sophomores, once we started doing some of those things, now it made it a lot easier to teach a power clean. It made it easier to teach stance. It made it easier to teach, you know, the, the same foot, same, you know, same hip, same arm when you're making, making contact because things really felt like to me they, they were more connected rather than, you know, hey, just put a bunch of weight on the bar and go lift it. No doubt. And it's they, – they do a really good job of getting guys on our page early. And part of it is they want to make sure guy our our Dave Scholes and his staff make sure guys are doing the right technique early on, but it's, it's a progression and it's before you, before you load weight and before you get into the certain positions that you would on a football field, we got to make sure that the technique is on point beforehand. Is that something then you guys are kind of recruiting towards? I mean, you guys, you try to stay away from kind of the, the huge body, you know, the six, six, three thirties or, you know, Hey, yeah, we'll obviously take that guy if he's got some, some flexibility, or is it something like, man, we want to recruit great athletes, guys with nice frames. We can get them into the program. We can put on great weight, and we already know they can move. You know, it's it, obviously if, if we got a guy who's six six three thirty and can move and bend, we'll take him every day of the week. But you know, with <laughs> with, with yeah. what uh, with what are we have confidence in what we can do with developing guys? We we do think out of the box when recruiting offensive linemen and maybe taking a, a guy that isn't as heavy or a guy that has the length but doesn't have the strength yet because we really do have a lot of confidence in what our program can provide. And we always tell guys when they talk about, I want to gain a lot of weight before my senior year, and we'll pump the brakes a little bit because when you get here, we got weights and we got food. So we're going to get you stronger and we're going to get you bigger. Just keep doing what you're doing. So we we do we have a really good plan behind it. and. Coach Farmer does an awesome job at evaling guys to to fit what we're looking for and to fit that mold of recruiting a more athletic guy and really thinking outside the box that way. Yeah, Coach, that was that's funny you mentioned that. That is a a huge one that I, I see some of the undersized offensive linemen huge mistake they make, and and it was one that I made. You know, I was in high school, I was undersized at whatever I was two sixty, and I thought, man, I got to be three hundred pounds when I get to to college, so I. I ate a bunch of crap, and, and I was 300 by the time I got to college. And by the end of the summer, I was back down to 270. It just made my, just made my, my running really, really hard. So that, that's kind of always my uh, – it's funny you say that. It's always my, my, you know, my, my two cents that I give my guys. Hey, if anything, go in at weight or a little under and, and go out there and knock out the workouts and show how good a shape you're in. Get on the strength coach's good side um, because – most places, uh, you don't want to get on his bad side uh, early Absolutely. on. It's a, it's tough to get off of at, at some places. Completely agree with you. And I, it's it's one of those mindsets. And I was the exact same way. I had to hit a certain mark going into my senior year. I had to be this heavy. I have to be this heavy going into freshman. But it's the the knowledge you gain of being around some of it in the in college. And you guys know for when you're in it, it it's you get the light bulb going off. Like, man, I wish I would have known this a few years back. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Well, Coach, um, I'm kind of curious. So you bring in these guys that that you're able to develop, which I think is, you know, unbelievable. I think that too many big colleges don't do that. And 
and try to find the perfect ready-made guy and a lot of times miss on the on the overweight guy when when I think you know just personally from what I saw the under you know the the guys that are a little smaller or not as strong I feel like they grow into you know the the higher ceiling guys um so if you're gonna you obviously have to develop them in the weight room how do you guys work on developing a freshman offensive lineman with you know a group of senior offensive linemen it's that's the, the, always the, the trouble I have in high school, and it's probably even more for you guys. You know, in high school, I'm working with an 18-year-old kid that's played in our system for three years, and then I'm working with a fit, you know, 14-year-old kid trying to – I don't know if he's you know, even knows how to get into a stance. You know, where you guys, yeah, probably know he knows how to get into a stance, but you're working with 17-year-olds to 24-year-olds on the offensive mm-hmm. line. And, and, and guys that have been in the program five years is zero – how do you guys set it up to where you're not, you know, boring your seniors, but also it's not so over the top that you're not building it up for your young guys? How do you guys do that in Indy? How do you set up a practice or, or um, individual to develop both of those, you know, ends of the spectrum? The, the beauty of what we do on offense is we're, we're going, we're, we're a tempo team. So we're not, we're going to, our offense is pared down to begin with because we want to, keep it as few of things as we got as we can off our on our guys plate. So when we get an individual, I mean, we, we have a group of, of everyday drills that we hit every single day, no matter what, because we truly believe in you guys know, I mean, that first step is so important in understanding leverage and how to, how to attack a defender. And it's for our older guys, it was especially coming in with a new group. It was, it was good last year, moving into this year. It'll, it's more, how do I refine a guy that's, going to be a senior who is has strong desires and a strong possibility of playing the NFL and an 18 year old it's part of it is those guys we put a lot on those guys to take them under their wing and then it's coaching them as hard coaching the the uh, coaching our older guys as hard as we can and that's something that coach Wells preaches coach your best guys the hardest just because it's those are the guys that the young once the young guys see a coach really get after a a senior veteran guy who has that respect of the room, they really understand, okay, this is the standards, the standard, we're not letting it slip. And it's part, part of the everyday stuff is under our older guys understand that, that it's not a period off. It's yes, we've done it a lot. And yes, some of it is getting our younger guys in it and more understood, but the example that they set for those guys has, it's got it has so much value to our program and our culture. And that has really helped us. It helped us. It helped us in only having four spring practices and seeing what those guys are doing and it'll help us in fall camp once we get back to it. Coach, I noticed you guys, you know, obviously you have, you know, Coach Farmers, the the head of the line coach, and then you, you guys have another guy. I think it's Coach Tomerdahl who, you know, does some special teams. But it also says he helps with the O-line and you're helping with the O-line, you know, Explain that a little bit. You know, you got three sets of eyes. I've, I've always been a huge believer. I know Coach Harper is. You know, we've always had at least two offensive line coaches plus a tight ends coach. You know, talk a little bit about how that does help, you know, set up practice, be able to, to get more reps, and also getting eyes on a lot of your younger guys to get those guys ready to play in a game because you have so many people dedicated to coaching that spot. It makes individual – easy and what we've been able to do is we will split up and have three groups of individual working on three different techniques and create 
creating a rotation between the three of us. And we can get, as you guys know, when you have smaller groups, you get more individualized coaching. And it, it really has helped us advance the room. And we love it for what we've been able to do for the younger guys to get more, to get more coaching. Because typically, I mean, when you have the group that is senior to freshman, you're prepping the guys that are playing on Saturdays and your guys that are freshmen don't get as much of the attention. For what we have, we're able to coach every guy in the room like they're playing on Saturday. And from when we're working a gap day and we can literally we can split up each segment of a gap scheme, we're able to get better in the, in that 10-minute, two five-minute periods. Or if we're working inside zone or a pass pro day, we're able to split up with our our tackles, guards, and our centers all work in different stuff, and it it's really helped us out. And one of the biggest things we'll, we'll do is when we get into one-on-ones, we're able to split up into a young guy group and an old guy group because we do have enough set, enough eyes on the group on the guys to coach them up differently and make sure that they're all getting better individually. Now, is that something too that you guys are able to split up meetings uh, as well? I, I remember being at Houston one year um, that I was on the scout team. We had a coach that uh, Lee Hayes, who had been a a real you know a, a head offensive line coach and had been a coordinator at Baylor, and at the time he was um, I don't know for sure his title quality control or, or or something like that with ours, and and he kind of you know had the everyone went to the big meetings, but then he kind of had the freshmen got to go to their own specialized meetings with him. Um, do you guys split up your meetings at all? Do you get to have um, extra meetings as long as it's in the time frame uh, with just the young kids that, that are separated by, you know, maybe a, a different coach. How does, how does the, the meetings work with those young kids for you guys? We know what we're able to do a little bit of both. So in, in spring ball, fall camp, when we get into team situations and there are, there are periods where we'll just rep ones and twos. So if your guys are working in third and fourth line, they'll go with me and we'll be able to get in a, a different room and will you, Typically, if they're not getting a rep in that team period, we'll go back through and watch taped individual so we can go back and watch the indoor periods and talk specifically on technique. And it, again, like we're saying, like you're saying, it's it's the to be able to receive more coaching in a short period of time or even overlap it, it gets our guys better faster, which is the ultimate goal to have as many guys ready to play on Saturday. But and then we also coach farmer will work with the young guys as well, getting them an additional meeting too, just to so that they're hearing it from him, they're hearing it from me, they're hearing it from Coach Tom and all. And it really it really has helped our guys advance the offense. And for a couple guys that are redshirt this past fall through four spring ball practices, they were competing for two deep spots and putting themselves in positions to be in potentially in that top group in the fall. So we'll we'll see how uh, see how it translates come August. The other question I had for you coach and I know from my experience again being at, at Tulsa and being a GA I got to spend a lot of time with the defensive staff and you guys have you know a, a unbelievable defensive staff there at uh, you know Tech with with coach Patterson and, and coach Jones and then I know you know coach Cosgrove was at Nebraska for, and New Mexico for a long time but you know, how nice is it, especially as a GA, you know, a guy that's, you know, learning a little bit of the, about the game as well. You know, how nice is it to have guys like that around where you could kind of, you know, rattle ideas off of, sit in some of their meetings, you know, ask them questions about what are some things that give these certain schemes problems. To me, 
you know, that's where a lot of my, my best learning came and, you know, even, you know, breaking down film and noticing tendencies and doing the self scout that all came from the, the defensive side of the ball, because I felt like they were a little bit more meticulous when it came to that stuff. Absolutely. And, and I, I, I've enjoyed getting to know and him coach, uh, coach Randolph as well, our defensive line coach. He, he uh, just been able to kick ideas between him and coach Patterson over the, over the last couple of years has been, has been awesome. And it's, whether it's a quick conversation on technique or scheme, the best part, the best part of guys on our staff is they're willing to share and open up. And I've been able to get around coach Randolph a little bit more just to hear him coach defensive line technique and hear the way he interacts with guys. And it's part of the, the maturation process of coaches. And you guys know this, you're, you're a byproduct of the other coaches you've been around and the influence you've had. So to have some of those influences as well definitely has played a part in how I conduct myself as a coach and then obviously moving forward into getting back to my own room. Coach, so I, I'm kind of curious. I'm not, you know, really uh, well-versed in, in high school, you know, football across the country. Um, but I'm curious, how, how was it some of those first high school games that, that you got to, you know, be around – in the state of Texas, I mean, that, that's what everybody hears about is, is Texas high school football. And, you know, me growing up a guy from Oklahoma uh, was something that I was, I was uh, hesitant to ever give them. And, and it was me and, and 99 guys at the University of Houston that were, they were all from Texas and I was from Oklahoma. And so um, I stood on my soapbox and said it wasn't all that good. But uh, obviously it is. Um, and, and it is such a, a cool atmosphere. Uh, how how does that relate to uh, some of the other places that you've been um, across the country uh, as far as the just the high school, just the, the atmosphere, the players? I mean, just the, it's it's you know, it's known Texas is kind of known for being um, that the high school um, high school football state. You know, I know Florida's got unbelievable players and, and a lot of schools, you know, a lot of states do. But it, it's kind of just a, a different deal down there. You know, it's as a as a grad assistant. Unfortunately, I can't I can't go to games. But I'll tell you this: the the ambiance and just the you can and the aura around the town. I mean, you can tell that Friday nights are special in the state of Texas, and they're different. And whether it's Friendship High School or Lubbock Cooper or or Escada or Monterey, like all the town the town schools. I mean, you can tell it's a it's a different environment and it's being around the coaches at the high school level in Texas has been unbelievable. And we have, we got an open door policy at tech with coach Wells that high school coaches can come through whenever they want just to listen to them and listen to the way they think and process the game. It's, it's a different level and coming from Chicago, suburb Chicago football is just different in Texas. It definitely means more. It's, it's a, it's a, holistic full school full town I mean I've I've been in I've been in Iowa I've been to high school games in Iowa and it's not the same I've been around it when I was in Utah and it's it's not the same and that's it's been cool to experience it's been cool to to be around and shoot I I hope I can kind of stay close to it for a long time <laughs> that's right well, well yeah. so kind of the other thing with with Texas um in in the high school ranks and I know you know being a GA maybe you're a little uh, away from this, but um, is you know the track and field is just so huge in, in in the state of Texas with the Texas relays and it 
you know, I know everyone talks about it across the country, but it seems like it's truly every skill player in Texas, you know, also runs track. How, how much do you guys as a staff, you know, sit down and, and look at some of those numbers when you're recruiting a kid? Because, um, you, you know, it's something that Walls has been talking about a lot lately. But, you know, if, if you know, Johnny's dad says he runs a 4-440, um, it's, it's Johnny's dad, you know, doing it on a, on a you know, stopwatch. But if, if you're going to track times and, and they run the 100 in, you know, whatever time, it's, it's a verified time. How much do you guys look at that? Um, I would assume especially when you're trying to uh, try to find those kids that you can develop, but they've got that, you know, freaky speed. You know, it's not, it's not the only thing we look for in recruiting, but if, for us it's, it's a concrete number. And it's for – if you're recruiting a, an outside receiver and he's running a – he's running a – 10 500 he's damn fast and that's it's one of those things that we can verify and we got a number to it is it does it knock a guy not all the time because obviously we're not running 100 yards but if a guy's running fast and we we do have we do look at the 100 200 we look at hurdles we look at just the numbers to show their explosiveness in it, it there is something to it and it, it does play a factor in it and like I said it's just it's a concrete hard number that we can we can use that's been verified coach can you talk a little bit about how you guys kind of you know design a recruiting board maybe a little bit and again you don't have to you know go into great detail but I know like when I'd have to watch you know shoot it I think it was like 3,500 different kids from across the country I mean it was kind of like the quick ranking like yep this guy's a dude this guy's a a maybe keep an eye on you know a frame he has a good track time whatever it might be but Maybe he's missed in one click. We'd say he's one click away. And then the other one was kind of the jag, just another guy, you know. So I'm, in, I'm always interested to see how you guys kind of put together your board for, you know, your offensive line, right? Hey, these are the four dudes we're going to recruit the heck out of. This is kind of, you know, our, our you know, not necessarily plan B guys, but if these guys go someplace else, we're still happy with these guys. But these would be kind of the committable guys first. I think a lot of people are, are kind of interested in that because, you know, the, the word offer gets tossed around all the time now. Well, and there's, there's like very variables for offers. It's like, yes, we think you're going to have to play here, but you're kind of down on our list. And then there's other ones. Hey, this is a committable offer. Anytime you want to come to Texas tech, you're in the boat. I, I think it's fascinating because not only that, I think it's a good way to kind of, you know, rank and evaluate your own players uh, when you're a high school coach as well. I can't stand that committable, not committable offer. I, I don't know what that is. It's, <laughs> I mean, I, I know you guys probably as high school coach. It doesn't make sense if yep. an offer is an offer. And if I can tell you, if, if you're going to get an offer to play offensive line at Texas Tech, we, we want you to commit the day we're we want you. handing yep. it to you. Hell yeah. So it's for us, we, we have, we kind of group it by the, we got the no brainers. We have our guys that are everyone in the country's offered that we're, we're going to recruit, we're going to recruit hard and, we're, we're trying to make Texas Tech that destination place, so we're going to recruit those guys. And then we obviously put out a group of offers, and then we have our 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 next tier, and our, it's our next up group. And then we have we have a group after that that we really need another eval on, whether it's a hopefully a like it would have been a spring or fall spring or summer camp eval for us. Now it's going to be a fall fall game eval. But the whole committable, non committable. If if we want you, we want you, we want you. I, we got to make sure we want guys to know that too. And that's one of those things that I've appreciated with coach farmer and coach Yost. They've just listening to the way they talk about offering guys and the importance that they place on it. 
I've really learned a lot from that because it's, it is a big deal and we want guys to understand that. And we're not going to throw out an offer to just to have our logo on a Twitter feed. We want, we want our guy, we want our guys that we've offered to understand that this is a big deal. They're important to us and we really have a plan for them moving forward. Well, coach, getting, getting back to the football field, I, I know you mentioned, you know, you guys being a, a tempo style offense, what is your, what is your guys's, uh, you know, bread and butter, if you will, run game? Because I think it was, it was really easy um, to just assume everyone's was inside zone probably seven years ago. Um, but now, you know, with Auburn, with Oklahoma, with, um, you know, so many different schools, um, it's not always inside zone that pairs up with that, you know, spread uh, up-tempo offense. What is, what is your guys' kind of go-to, your, your day one install run game um, in your offense? We're inside zone power counter. That's it. And it's we, we keep it very simple. We're an 11 personnel team, and we we don't deviate from that. So is is that something in, in 11 that you're going to move that that tight end all around? I mean, is he a, a, a fullback guy as well? Is he Can he go out to receiver? Um, or do you guys have, you know, um, bring in new personnel for all that? With going fast, we, we're trying not to – to sub personnel we want to try and keep the defense on their heels so that's a a tough position to recruit because of the multitude of things we're asking them to do and it's something that i we we struggled with a little bit last year because we changed the offense from where tech was previously and we added mm-hmm. the tight end position to it so <laughs> he is he does play a little bit of a a fullback a wing a wing position but then he'll also put his hand on the ground we'll split him out at receiver so he's got to be able to do a little bit of everything. He's got to be able to catch a vertical, but he's got to be able to dig out power too. So when, when you come into a place, um, maybe not just necessarily tech, but when you come into a school and you're, you're going to say, hey, we're going to be 11 personnel, um, and, and that position obviously, if you're going to do that and move him all around, that tight end position becomes um, a huge, crucial position. You come into a place and, you know, they don't have tight ends on their roster. What's the – What's the first thing that you guys try to do? I mean, is that, okay, we got to sign a, a junior college guy? Uh, are you guys looking around at, at small tackles? Or are you looking at, at big receivers? Are you looking at linebackers? What goes through, what's that process like when you come to a place and you haven't got to bring in your tight end recruits with you? Sure. We, you know, Tech was using a fullback, so guys that were playing fullback moved moved to the tight moved to the tight end position we were able to convert a bigger receiver that Dante Thompson from Ennis Texas that he uh he he added weight and he bought in quick and he did an awesome job for us as a fifth year and then we did recruit going into last fall we recruited a junior college guy Travis Coons who played a lot for us from Ventura out in California and then uh, we recruited a uh, another high school tight end and then Coming into this this year, we went the same route. We recruited a, a high school tight end and a junior college tight end just to try and replenish that position and make sure that we're in a good position that now going into the going into the next year we can continue to recruit high school guys. Gotcha. So so I understand with inside zone, if we're gonna go tempo inside zone and it's really high tempo. Um, at least when we were in college, and, and I've always heard, you know, hey, we're going to run our tracks, tracks, tracks. We're going to run through our zone uh, and take what gets there because the defense may be all misaligned. 
How do you guys work that with power and counter? How do you, um, you know, obviously you don't have to give up all your rules, but how, how do you guys, you know, rule that up um, in, in a basic way? Uh, and how do you guys practice that? Because I think that was the, the toughest part being in a tempo offense was, okay, we'll just run tracks whenever they're not lined up and we're, and we're in our, uh, you know, now series. But that said is a lot easier than that done. I mean, and guys are everywhere and, and it can get really, you know, complicated, obviously, uh, with the defense not set. How do you guys work that with your gap schemes? You know, for the, the tight end has to make, has to let the tackle know what he's doing on the front side and, We'll, he'll have his hand on the ground. He'll be hip. So he's got to always tell the tackle, do I got to throw it outside or do I not? Am I coming with you or am I staying back? And that that kind of gets the play going. And the, our, our tackle bases his next move off of that and then works his, works our way down the line. And what, what we've been able to do is we use our pulling guard. We're, we transition from more of a skip pull to what we call a square pull where we're going to slow him down and let him – kind of clean up what else is left over and if we did an okay job of it last year and we didn't run as many gap scheme plays in this past fall at tech as we did the year before 2018 at utah state but we will be a gap we will get back to it where that's a good portion of our run game this fall but it's keeping it simple starting with the tight end and then working our way down and obviously the on the front side of counter it's keeping our rules the same for our tackle guard working their gap assignments and then having our keeping our pulling guard work into the right space and then our tight end follow them as well I love that you know you talk about that pull it's it's um and we still call it skip pull but I, I know exactly what you're talking about and, and I think we use more of the technique you're talking about it has it's you know we've been a big personnel you know big heavy personnel team but it's cleaned up so many weird looks or so many bad looks or so many leaks or, you know, blitzes and, and guys come in or safety's fitting or, you know, and the guard ends up on the safety. Um, it, that's been probably the biggest reason our power game has been uh, effective is because we've, you know, we get depth with our guard. Uh, we have him uh, take his time and then we have him get downhill and clean very heavily inside out. Uh, he, he can have a guy that he's, basically thinking that he's going to go to but he's going to run you know for us anyways the tightest track possible kick somebody out and we're going to have the tailback uh inside of him absolutely and that's that's the 100 percent and we you know we're calling it a square pull because we really want him to plant that outside foot get vertical with his inside foot so it doesn't cross over so it really is it's shuffle down the line and i'm working straight downhill almost like a like an old school fullback clean up anything in the way and mm -hmm. you could give a you could give a shoulder to a defensive lineman you could give while you're working up to your backer but you're really working downhill and just you're creating the hole for the tailback now coach do you guys teach your gap doubles similar to your inside zone doubles i i know i think everyone kind of varies on this but you know some guys they're going to say hey my gap doubles i want them to be you know very horizontal where um, you know, we want our zone to be more vertical and some guys want all vertical. Some guys want all, you know, horizontal displacement. What are you guys, you know, trying to get out of your double teams in both of those schemes? You know, we're, we're, we're trying to get just exactly as you described. We're trying to get vertical in the zone game and we're trying to displace the line of scrimmage. 
the line of scrimmage in our gap scheme, and that's working our tackler guard down to the to the next down to the next down lineman, and really opening that gap for the pulling guard to come through. And it's we've had we've had a lot of success with displacing guys, and we've it's been able to open up holes for us. Whether it hope, trying to hit a gap like everybody else, but if, whether it's works its way down the line. But it's been it's been really good for what we've done in the technique, Coach. When you're kind of installing, you know, two a gap runs, you know, inside zone, and you know the the gap schemes are obviously going to have you know a gap hits, but you know, obviously things can hit all the way across the front. You know, what are some things you do to to kind of protect those runs? You know, teams trying to plug up a and b gap, you know, get the ball on the perimeter, you know, be it an RPO, a screen, or jet sweep, uh, running the QB. I'm, I'm always interested to kind of hear maybe what's your your kind of line of thought in your offense? What's the first thing we're trying to do to maybe now get the ball to bounce and get it outside a little bit? With the way we operate our run game, our our quarterback always has a backside read. So he's going to stretch the he's going to stretch the field horizontally with the way he's playing it, whether it's it's a pull and run, pull and throw to a narrow bubble. And to be able to pull linebackers out of the box, it's really opened up for us. And we're, we do a little bit of do a little bit of jet sweep, do a little bit of uh, mid zone concepts to try and read that tackle and getting the ball in the perimeter. But we like what we like what we're doing in the inside zone game and on the backside with the quarterback because he he really can open up the stretch the field for us. So, coach, getting into um, you know pass game a, a little bit. So, what are you know some of your key tenants? Uh, in your pass sets, in your pass protection, maybe not rules-wise, but, um, you know, working those guys. I, I would say the thing that I want to know probably the most right now is we've gone, like I said, to we're working on, you know, dual reading and odd protection. Um, and it's been a long time since I've done it. We're going to have our tackles, you know, jam set, so they're going to work their inside foot back um, and – so their inside foot will come back first. That way they can get some depth and read out the inside linebacker. If he comes, they can be on that inside eye for the four of the four eye. What are some of your coaching points? How do you guys work that pass set? Um, because today we work through it. We got, you know, our guys are way too, are, are way too, you know, straight down the line. We're not getting enough depth. Our, our guards are setting out into them. When you guys first start working, you know, some of those pass sets, those jam sets, what are some of your coaching points and, and things that you guys are doing to work on those? We are a vertical pass set team, so we want all five guys vertical setting together. Our our goal is we look down the line on the film, we want to see the entire we want to see all five helmets moving together. We don't want to we don't want to try and get width at the line of scrimmage. We want to see everybody working back together. Where we've seen that help us is in some of the blitz game, the radical movement at the line of scrimmage, and even the twist game too from the defensive line to prevent some of that and have to have them make decisions on the fly when we're all setting together. I've been I've been a part of protections from all over the place. So we 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 did a we did the dual we did dual reads when I was in college and you know it was a it, it's a challenge on those guards to be able to see it and recognize it. But we really emphasize right now to get vertical, stay square, hip square, shoulder square, hands ready, hands in a position to attack. And then if we do get an inside inside move, we we work a lot of jamming your knee into the hip of the inside guy. And that's 
when we're working up and in in that jam set, we want to really fight the power cross in our face and make sure that we can still stay, we're still square in our body posture so that when he does work that second move back outside, we can kick vertical so that we're in a position to keep the integrity of the pocket for the quarterback. So, Coach, is that something you guys – do you guys use much uh, one-on-one pass protection in practice? It's it's something, you know, it used to be everyone used it, but now it's kind of – some coaches are, are, I guess, talking to them a little against it. I'm still a, a huge fan of it. I know that we're at a disadvantage, but, you know, you're going to be at a disadvantage on third and ten. Um, and, you know, we try to set it up to where it's not um, – it's not about really winning or losing is – as much of a loser statement as that sounds like. It's really not about winning or losing. It's about working on different things that they need to work on. Uh, it's about punching early. It's a place that, uh, again, as, as weird as it sounds, it's a safe spot to lose and lose big. If you lose really big in one-on-one pass pro, you know, nobody cares really. It's not a big deal. But if you don't work it in one-on-one pass pro and then you go try it in, in practice or in a game, uh, then it's really embarrassing or somebody's getting hurt. So do you guys use that much? How do you use one-on-one pass pro? Absolutely. We, during the season, we'll do, we'll do it twice a week and it's, we'll do it on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And for us, it's, it's a great opportunity to challenge the guys and put them in a, like you said, put them in a position where they're not, they have, they're at, they're disadvantaged, but we still expect them to compete and win and, what we started doing was we put a clock on it. We have a, we, we give the guy, we give the guy, we give the guys just three and a half seconds and they got to protect the quarterback. And what we'll do is we'll keep score and we've got up downs at the end. And we really want to challenge the guys to compete to win and win every rep. And yeah, there, they are at a disadvantage and there are some things that the D line can does differently in one-on-ones that they don't see as much on in live situations, but for our guys, it's working the proper technique. It's you are going to be in those situations on game day where it might be, like you said, it might be third and ten, and based on the, based on the front, you're in a one-on-one situation. And if we can stress that and put you in a a disadvantaged position in practice, we can channel that when we get to game day. Coach, when do you guys do like blitz pickups and and things like that? As you know, we we try to do it as much as we could wherever I've been. And I just felt like it was such a good thing to be able, you know, have a scout book and have blitzes and things like that. And you could always st- kind of steal, you know, four or five minutes when they're doing, you know, kickoff, kickoff return, and you have the lineman off to the side. It wasn't going to be, you know, high impact and, and get them tired, but they're going to see full speed looks of all those different exotics you're going to face every single week. We, we've done a good job of incorporating it into some of the pre, pre-practice walkthrough stuff. And then, like you said, during during special teams, we'll hit our we'll hit our pass pro individual, so that we we do hit what we need, and then we'll go straight into getting guys on cards and making sure they understand so they can see the the blitz patterns. But we, like exactly what you said, we try and steal those four or five minutes there there after that while they're in special teams before we hop into one on one pass rush. Well, Coach, you know, kind of rolling up on an hour now, uh, but, but before we cut you loose, um, the thing that I always like to ask guys is is when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line, Coach? I love watching guys finish plays, and it's 
and you guys know it, it's, it's, it's a mentality. It's a playing through the whistle and it's, you know, the other thing is finish the plays and then watching the first step initial technique, you can really tell how guys are drilled in practice when you see it on tape and it's, you guys know it, but it's your tapes, your resume as a coach. And it's, if you can see the, the individual techniques, the hard first steps, and you got all five guys doing it, something's, they're doing something right. And then when you see the mentality that comes with playing the position of playing through the whistle and finishing, it's, I mean, that, that gets me going. That gets me going. I'm watching it on Saturdays. It gets me going watching NFL games. When you see a guy finish the play, it's, there's nothing better. Coach, man, it's been a pleasure having you on. You know, we, we always love to get back to the to the old line stuff. You know, we had a couple of guys giving us crap today that man, you guys you got all these QBs on. So it's good to, good to get a, an offensive line dude back on. And you know, we're excited to see you guys continue to build it there at Texas Tech. I, you know, I, I think college football is always a lot more fun when the you know pistols are firing. So you guys get it rolling. I appreciate both you guys. This has been awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. I keep coaching them up. Coach, Coach Walls, man, you, I'm, I'm jealous of you're in Iowa, man. You get access to some Casey's pizza that I would, I'd give anything in the world for right now. <laughs> Dude, Casey's pizza, I'm telling you right now, like I had to, to laugh when people would tell you like, you know, hey, what's the, the good place to go get pizza? And they're like, oh, yeah, Casey's. I'm like, that's a gas station. Like, dude, you need to try some Casey's pizza. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, it's right up there, man. It's, it's super, super good. There's no doubt about it. I'm I'm a Chicago guy and a pizza guy every day of the week, but I will get Casey's breakfast pizza as often as I can. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram and you can find that at runthepower. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.